we are grateful that you're here today and uh, come to worship with us and serve uh, the creator of the universe and our great and awesome Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so grateful to see your smiling faces and uh, just to know that uh, you're here with us and uh, you're going to help uh, be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Amen. And this week I want to talk about honoring uh, those who serve whether it be veterans or volunteers. And this year's a little bit different than some years we do on Veterans Day. We spend the whole time talking about veterans, and veterans are very important, and we wouldn't have the freedom we have to volunteer if it was not for the veterans. So I'm not taking anything away from veterans by some of the stuff I'm talking about today. And I'm grateful uh, just to hear Ernie's stories about uh, traveling to Germany and uh, taking off a little snotty-nosed kid out of Iceland that just wanted to get away from his family and his only ride out and his only way to freedom uh, from Goob was to get on a bus and take off to a camp somewhere, <laughs> a helicopter, and, and go and uh, uh, do that uh, basic training. And I, I applaud all the young men and women that are leaving our county every year on an annual basis that leave school and they sign up through JROTC and do the different things that they do uh, to prepare and go. And I'm thinking about little Granger right now, a little boy that I've met. And I, I don't, he's just a kid that I've seen at the auction a lot and just an awesome kid, Granger. Uh, they've attended church here a time or two, him and his family, and attended services. And Granger took off this uh, past year and, and went and joined the military. And if it wasn't for those type of people, uh, the world would be a lot worse place. Somebody say amen. amen. The world would be a lot worse place. Uh, it's bad enough as it is, but without those that serve, we would be in a whole different predicament today. So if we're going to honor the veterans and we're going to honor the volunteers, it's not just their intentions that we honor, but it's their actions. So in volunteering, we can attempt or think or plan or have an ideal, a great ideal that we come up with a, a way of volunteering, but if we never follow through with it, if we never put it on the line, it never comes to fruition and it's never reality. So we need to honor the work or the accomplishment that is done by the veteran or by the volunteers. So whenever I'm looking at this, and I, I just want to read some verses here. It's in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And I, I love this, that Paul is writing back to the church at Ephesus. Uh, there's a great pastor there leading the church at the time. And, and Paul loves this church because he spent so many years there in Ephesus. And it's, it's like the second greatest city of the world of that day and time. And he's writing back to this church, and he says uh, this in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints... For the work of service. Everybody say the work of service. And to the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain the unity of faith. Everybody say let's get along. Amen. How about some unity in the house today? Come on. Paul's preaching here uh, to us today. And to the knowledge of the Son of God. To the mature man. To the measure and stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine. Amen. We don't need to be carried about by every wave and every wind of whatever's happening in our world. 
We need to be steadfast, unmovable, unshaking, unrelenting in our approach and our ambition towards Jesus and where we're chasing him and he's chasing us. Amen. And we don't give in to the things of this world. And by the trickery of men and by the craftiness and deceitful scheming. So Paul is writing this to a Roman Empire city in Ephesus. And he's telling them, and there's great uh, trickery and, and sorcery and all these things that Paul endured when he was there in Ephesus. But he built a church anyway. Amen. Even in the midst of a bad, corrupt, unhinged world, God can still do something. Who do we serve? God or mammon, we have to decide today. I'm going to serve God. As for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. So as I chase him, he's chasing me. I can see great things done. And Ashland's amening, and I love it. We're no longer to be like kids. Amen. They can be tossed around. They can be uh, deceived by people uh, teaching them things that don't need to be taught. But speaking truth in love, this is what Paul is telling that church at Ephesus to do. Speak the truth in love. Everybody say, you can tell the truth. Everybody say it. Say, you can tell the truth and hurt somebody. Amen? There's a difference in telling the truth in love the way Paul's talking about it and telling the truth the way I see it and hurting other people's feelings and not really doing anything to impact the kingdom of God. We have to be very careful in telling the truth in love. Everybody say, in love. in love. I hope you're in love with Jesus. Amen? Because if you are, you'll be speaking the truth in love. And we're to grow up in all aspects to him who is the head, even Christ. Jesus is the head of this body we're a part of, known as the church. Amen? He is the head of this body. He's the one doing the thinking. He's the one doing the leading. And from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. This church, the body of Jesus, the thing that he left on this world to bring peace in times of trouble is the answer to the world's problems. The church is the answer to the world's problems. Amen? Amen? We are called by Jesus to be a church that is without spot, without wrinkle. Come on, somebody. <laughs> without wrinkle. We don't have any spots. I got freckles on me. I got spots on my face where I've been sunburnt too many times. And if I went and seen a dermatologist, they would give me some cream and it would probably eat off half of my face. Amen. All, none of you's been through any of that kind of stuff. You're all just sitting out there like, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. I've never had any of that. Yeah, I'm not going to get no Botox anytime soon. Come on, somebody. I, I'll just live in my wrinkles. Amen. It's going to be okay. I'm getting older by the day. Hallelujah. I'm getting older by the day. What a beautiful thing. Joe Don, don't act like you're not older, too. We graduated together. 1994 has been a long time ago. That's 20. Oh, okay. Well, oh, Lord. He was trying to get that wrinkle out. So 1994 was a long time ago. 25 years, 26 years now. Wow, we're old. Old. Older than dirt, some people say. That's what Leslie says all the time. Um, I don't know about that. Dirt's been around at least 6 million years, we think. So 6 million, so 
probably something like that. Anybody agree? I said six million years. Does anybody know? I don't know. You know? No, I don't think they do either. It's been proven by scientists from both sides, whether it's 6,000 or 6 million. There's really no answer to that. So w what does it really matter how old dirt is? <laughs> I just got to do my best in my 40-some years that I've been alive here. Last week, uh, Betty walked up and, and gave me this note after service. Um, and I think it's fitting to say here. And, and she wrote this down, and, and it's something that she received as a download from God. And uh, Betty walks in this uh, ability to say these things, and I, I thank God for her giving me this note. And it's for our church. And as we approach the year 2021, great things are to be looked forward to. It's a year of grace for my people, says God. How many need some of that? Hey, man, I'll take some of that. It's what I talked about Wednesday night if you joined in on our uh, first Wednesday live service. Some of my people have sought after greater things. And all the prayers that has been prayed will come to pass in my name. Amen. So if you've been praying, if you've been seeking you've been following after God and you've been seeking greater things and greater opportunities in your life, 2021 is going to be a year where you're going to be able to use and utilize and put into action some of your ideals. Yeah. Amen? That you're going to make a difference in the world that you're living in. Yeah. Amen. There's young people here. There's old people here. There's middle-aged people here. There's little bitty kids here. There's teenagers here. We got all aspects and we're covering all generations here and nobody is off limits. Amen? Little Ashlyn can be used for the kingdom of God. And if she don't bring joy to her heart, your heart where she's walking around and hollering and screaming, you need to reevaluate your heart. Amen? Amen. So we love all. We love all generations. And we declare today that great things can happen to you and for you and through you in 2021 if you will seek and if you will do the things God called you to do. So... At our church, I, I want Leslie, okay, we've got it up here. We love our volunteers here at the bridge. And I, this is not just something cliche or anything. We it love and anticipate and, and more volunteers than ever. Every year we are on this trend as a church to see volunteers increase. And I, I, I was sitting up here a minute ago and, when I used to be assistant pastor at Orangeburg Church, Pastor Trent, he would always have chairs like this, and he would, and on the side of the platform, and, and me and him would sit up there, and he always made me sit up there. I said, Pastor Trent, I don't want to sit up there. I don't like it up there. He said, I ain't asking you. I'm telling you. Get up here and sit down. I said, okay, well, I'll go up here and sit down. If you're my pastor and you're telling me that's what to do, I'll do it. Amen? So I volunteered to go up there and sit down. Well, not really volunteered. I did what I was told to do. So... As I would sit there and look out, I could see all the people of the church. And he said, I want you to be up here, and I want you to sit this way so that you can see who's here. Not that you're going to sit there and pick everybody apart and say, well, I know and so-and-so's dealing with this, and so-and-so's dealing with that, and they got this going on, and they've had a great week, and they've had a bad week. And he said, I'm not telling you to do that, but I'm telling you to look out through there so that you know your church. It's important to know your church and who is in your church. 
Because whenever you look out upon that body, you're not going to look out with all these ideals and your own personal opinion. You're going to look out and see opportunities of volunteers, of people that will serve the kingdom of God, that's got gifts and callings that God has given them to be used in this body. Amen? And as I sat here today, and I thought back through that, and I, I don't practice what he preached to me. Uh, a lot of times I'll sit in here sometimes if I'm prepared more for the message, or, or sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll sit out here and look forward this way with you guys. But as I sat there, it brought that back to memory to me that as I looked out and I began to look through each row and each group of chairs that I saw people that serve this body and you serve this body well. Some people deliver cookies to new peoples that come. Cindy, thank you very much. Amen. If anybody's ever got cookies from Cindy, we love you, Cindy. And she also encourages other people to do that too. And I just, I don't want to go through the whole list, but there, there is so many people here that do so many things. And just a few weeks ago, I don't like playing music. I'm not good at it. Amen. Leslie gripes at me because I don't practice. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but I do it because I, I should. Amen. Sometimes I'll do it because I should. So if uh, Donna and Greg's not here right now and, and they're, they're going through this season and they want to take this COVID thing especially uh, with great detail and I don't blame them at all. At the age of his parents and his mom and dad and they've got health issues and things, I don't blame him at all. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I love Greg and Donna, but she's not here right now, so I could play, right? It's, there's, open, there's open base sitting here, so I would play. And I was sitting here a few weeks ago and I was like, man, I, I, I hate this. Come on, somebody. Is anybody out there that's ever had to do something that you didn't like doing? You're just like, man, I, I'll do it, but I don't really want to, and I don't like to. Hallelujah. I sat here thinking, I looked over, and Derek, he plays guitar, and I've seen him play before around the, uh, down at the camp and, and, and playing music and stuff, and I thought, wow, if he can play guitar, bass is a whole lot easier than that. I know that. I can pick guitar a little bit in according, but I can play bass a little bit better than that, but not very good. And I, I sat there, and I thought, I'm going to teach him to play the bass. Come on, somebody. So I looked over, and I said, uh, Derek, how about you play the bass? And he's like, I don't know how to play bass. And I said, you're going to learn. And he didn't say no. He didn't say, I'll think about it. He didn't say, let me go home and pray for six weeks and 483 months and pray about it. He said, okay. And he's been up here playing the last two weeks. Thank you, Derek. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad you guys are thanking him because I am, and I appreciate him. And he don't like attention called out to him, and I probably just made his face turn red. Just hold your hand over his face there, Steph. It'll be okay. Yeah, just put your mask up. It'll, it'll cover it all. So there, everybody in this room serves this body in one way or another. There are prayer warriors in this room that when you're in need of prayer, you don't need people that will just say, I'll pray for you and never think about you. You need some people that will pray for you. Amen? And I've seen that with Sister Betty when uh, – uh, Lisette and Andrew, you, you lost your mom this past year, and, and she reached out to you guys, and she's got a pastoral care component of her that she's got a capability of doing things that I can't. I just can't do what she does. But it's a calling. Amen? Some things you have to be called to do well. Amen? And you're a master at that, Betty, and I appreciate you that you reach out to people, and it makes a difference in people's lives. Amen? It makes a difference. Because Seth's told me over and over again, she's unrelenting in telling me and praying for me. And I'm grateful for that. That there's a diversity of gifts. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, there is a diversity of gifts to the church. 
Ain't you glad we're not all the same? Amen. So everybody's got their part. Whether it's bringing a dish to our church functions, whether it's helping set up tables or tear down after the events that we do, and, and whether it's going out and serving in the community the way we do, we're all a part of this dream that God has given us in being together. Amen. So we do love our volunteers here at the bridge. And, and that, that slide right there lets you know that. I wanted to tell you that. Next slide. Oh, you skipped one on me, but that's okay. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. And this is that 1 Corinthians 12 that I just mentioned. That there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. So 1 Corinthians 12 is where it talks about that. And we are indeed the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for offering your time and talents and service to the Lord. We praise him for giving you the gifts you possess and the heart to share them. Thank you for being Jesus' hand and feet among us. A youth pastor a few years ago, we went to the youth convention, and he was talking about it, and he said sometimes people, and they had this, I think his lady, uh, youth pastor, and she said that her son one time, she was ministering to him, and he was having a hard time and dealing with some issues and, and, and having some conflicting things going on in his life, and she was there, and she was going to pray for him and talk to him, and she told him, Jesus, Jesus is there with you. How many knows Jesus is there with you? Amen, Amen he's there. He is absolutely there. And her son looked up at her and said, Mom, sometimes I need to see Jesus with some skin on. Amen. Amen. And I'm here to tell you today, you can be Jesus to your community. You can be Jesus to your community here at the church, whether it's here or out there in the community that we live in. And you can be Jesus with some skin on. Because as you're doing these acts of service, as you're doing the things he's called you to do, you're not doing it for your own edification the way Leslie was talking about. We don't have to brag on, on social media every time we do something good. There's nothing wrong with that every now and then to let people know that we're serving. I, I'm not saying we can't do that, but sometimes just do a good deed without everybody knowing about it. Amen? Nothing wrong with that. So be Jesus with some skin on. That's you. That's how we are his hands and feet. Jesus was the master at doing just that when he was here. But he said, it is better that I go away. Amen? It's better that I go away. And how could it be better? Because he knew the second he left and ascended into heaven that he was going to give gifts to men. And those gifts and abilities was going to be, he was, he was conditioned to one spake space he was uh, limited to one space as jesus with flesh on when he was here on this earth two thousand years ago so if he was going to jerusalem he was only going to be in jerusalem if he was going to be in galilee he was only going to be in galilee he couldn't be two places at once right but now because he's greater that he went away and he gave gifts to men now he can be jesus in millions and millions and millions of people throughout the earth he's using you to edify the world and he's asking you today to volunteer and give him access to your life. And say, Jesus, use me. Let me be your hands and feet to this world of troubled world that I'm living in. We have to volunteer. So 
what's called connection. Black, total black. It's darkness. I'm working on it. She's working on it. Okay. We're working on music and Wi-Fi. And there we go. There we go. Now, <laughs> volunteering. <laughs> Golly, Ned, she got that from me. That's my terminology. Um, your community needs you. How many knows Lewis County needs us? Leslie asked the question, I think the missionary asked the question a few weeks ago, said, if your church was to no longer exist today, would your community even know or recognize that you're gone? And I promise you that, that this, that if our church, the bridge, was no longer here and we went out of business tomorrow, our community would absolutely recognize in a short order that the church known as the bridge is gone. We touch them enough that they know we're here. Amen? And we should. Amen? Our community has needs. Who should meet them? Should we say, all oh, the government ought to do it? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Should the government do it? No. The church should do it. The body of Jesus here alive on this earth that's got the hands and feet of Jesus that can literally touch people's lives with good things and not bad things should be the ones that's the answer to our community's problems. And our missionary was here a few weeks ago. He was telling us this, how to do this, how to reach out and how to find those people and, and the, uh, influential people and those that and partner with other organizations. And one of the things when we went through Healthy Church a few years ago, uh, Leslie and myself, when we went through that process of that, they taught us in, that, in those classes that don't try to trump everybody else. Don't go out and try to trump every other group or thing that's going on. So if they're having a community event and they're doing something, don't try to challenge them and say, well, we're going to invite everybody over to our place and we ain't going to come downtown. We're not going to, like July 4th, right? Should all the churches be about tearing apart and segregating, making sure everybody's out in their own little hub doing their own little thing? Or should we convene on the town and go downtown as churches and say, let the 4th of July celebration be the best it's ever been? I remember when 4th of July, July Jubilee, they used to call it or whatever. Hallelujah. When that used to happen, I was, as a kid, I was like, wow, can there be this many people in Lewis County? The school fairs used to be something that was awesome when I was a kid. Maybe it's because I like popcorn and caramel apples. I don't know. But I thought it was pretty cool. Now we don't even have one. Our community needs us to partner with them and assist them and make the things work that God intends for our community. We're not competing with them. We're helping partner with them. And that's what churches need to do. And we need to be intentional about that. And I'll tell you this right now, that you can use those words against me. Because whenever the community does something in the future time, if we come up with some kind of event we're going to do or something, and you know about something else that's going on in the community, and you're like, Pastor, I don't know. I remember at one time you said in that sermon, we'll have to go back and look it up. It'll be okay. Amen? We need to be better at partnering than competing. The church is not in competition with those in our society. So I went back and looked, and, I, and talking about volunteers, and what time is it? Okay, I'm fine. 11.30? Okay. 
we're getting close to done then. So I wanted to know what kind of volunteer base is there, and this is American study. This isn't a worldwide study. This is an American study, so uh, it's where we live, and I don't know if there is even any groups that does statistics for the world, but there is uh, groups in, in the United States that does it for America. And they went back and studied what percentage of people volunteer and how much of an impact that makes on the world they're living in. And what kind of groups do they volunteer for? So as they look through these things, um, who, who does, when people volunteer, who do they volunteer for? 57% of people that volunteer in America volunteer for nonprofits and community groups. 57% of volunteers volunteer there. That's a lot, right? That's a millennial type thing. But also, they went through all these other things, and there's different ways that you can volunteer to different groups, and sometimes that, that nonprofit and community groups can be paired in many different things or under other umbrellas. And of that 57% that are done for nonprofits, 44% of that 57% is the church. Can I tell you right now that we cannot put on a church service with a lot of, uh, without a lot of hours of volunteers behind the scenes that makes this happen every Sunday. If some people don't come and clean, amen, if some people don't come and do things and keep the maintenance set up and all the volunteer hours that goes into making us stay where we're at and able to do what we're doing, it's kind of crazy. And a lot of people, they will volunteer at schools. And actually, it says in the study that more people volunteer for schools than do for the church. Whether that be, I know Brittany has done things with like the uh, PTO, is that still called that, or PT something, I don't know. They rename it every other year, it seems like. But, they're <laughs> it, but it's, it's PTO, so you can volunteer at your school. How many know schools need volunteers? Amen. Uh, teachers, right? You need volunteers. And I thank God for the things like the grandmas and the, and the things that the schools of, 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 of these grandmas that uh, maybe don't have a lot to do after they retire. And they think, well, I still want to give back to my community. And they'll come in and they'll partner with the school and this group known as the grandmas. And all these little kids have, a, maybe there's little kids at school that don't have a grandma. Highly likely, right? But now there's a grandma there being a grandma to them because they volunteered at the school. And that'll make a difference. Amen? Does anybody, does any of you remember a grandma? They didn't have those when I was there. It was Miss Grace. I don't even know if that was her name, but Miss Grace would come around with her little row cart. Do you remember her with the TV and would show TV and give you a little cutout and had them fancy scissors that like crisscrossed? And Oh, I do. I was, I, I was spot on. I remember that. That's the time away from school. That's awesome, right? <laughs> Get me out of class? Yeah, show me a video, please. You remember those old TV carts? They're about this tall and had a little junky 15-inch TV on it, screen, and everybody in the classroom like, looking at it. <laughs> Some people volunteer for businesses because there's businesses out there that are in business that cannot make it without a volunteer base. And I know this through the hospital that I used to work at, that they had a volunteer base uh, in, in the gift shop. And th there was a bunch of senior citizens, basically. Some younger people, too, but mostly senior citizens. They would volunteer at the hospital to run the gift shop. 
So the hospital wasn't able to run a gift shop by itself, but because people volunteered, it was a totally a nonprofit, and it was a place for you to call in and say, hey, I'd like to send flowers up to so-and-so in room 406. Then there was a place there to do it. And these old ladies, they'd get together, make a basket, and take it up to them. The gift shop was totally run on a volunteer base. How awesome is that? If you've ever been to the hospital, you know what it's like there. It's, it's not the best uh, time of your life. And just a little bit of something nice makes a lot of difference. And I thank God for those volunteers that do things like that. There's a lot of other groups out there too. So how much does people volunteer? Of these 57%, how, how, how many people volunteer? Because I, 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 you say 57%, that sounds like an awful high number to me. Amen. I know a lot of people, and I, I can't name 57 out of 100 that I think of that volunteer. Maybe they do that I don't know about, and that's a good thing. So 35% serve 10 hours or more a month. Volunteer 10 hours or more a month, 35%. 20% or 5 to 9, 19% or 2 hours, um, and it just keeps breaking down that way. Some people volunteer virtually now, and this is something that's trending in this uh, study that they did about that uh, volunteers is something that you can do virtually, and, and sometimes... I don't understand all that. We've never had a missionary Zoom meeting. But if we have a missionary convention or a missionary uh, thing where we bring and partner missionaries come in and literally come to our church and have four or five families of them and we do the missionary round table and we bring you through and you know like missionary dating deal and you sit there in your chair and they come by and talk to you. We've done that for several years now. But now we're going to have one virtually. It's going to be different. I encourage you, please log into that. If at all possible, if you've been on Zoom, and if you can't get on Zoom, get somebody that can get on Zoom. Because I bet you your kids can. <laughs> Amen? So if you can't, find somebody that can. Get on Zoom and make the Howards know that the Bridge Church is behind them. They're missionaries to the part of the world that does not have access to the gospel if they don't go back. How important is that? They aren't being made to go back. They're volunteering to go back. We need to get behind that. And if you can do that virtually, please do so. And then they done in this study, too. They went through and, and looked, and they said, okay, would you rather donate money or would you donate your time? And it, I, I think this is wild to me. I, I really didn't see this one coming. It says 77% said they would rather volunteer time than money. I would have guessed the opposite because I know I'd rather just give money than give my time. Amen. My time is pretty valuable. I don't know about yours, but I, I ain't got a lot of extra time. Maybe you do. Maybe you got more time than you know what to do with. I don't have much time. I ain't got much money either, but I'd rather give money than time. That kind of blew me away. But the trend is throughout all this study in 2018, and I read other studies back in 2016. I couldn't find anything for 2020 or today. But the trends of volunteerism is declining. People used to volunteer more than they do today. So it's on the decline. So we have to decide, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Will the world be a better place without volunteers? I'd say absolutely not. 
and I'll put that into our church. Will our church be a better place if everybody just says, I quit it all, I'm not doing anything else, it's just over and I'm finished? Because when our youth pastors can't come and they go on a vacation or they can't be here for a youth service, do they need somebody behind the scenes that will step up and say, yeah, I want youth to still happen and I'll come? Thank you, Sammy and Kelsey. Well, Kelsey, actually, she does all the work, and then Sammy gets all the glory. I know how that works. Right, Kelsey? Yeah, he, he's just a front man, that's all. He's just a pretty face. <laughs> Amen. But they're volunteering to do that. They don't have to. And they could even step back and say, well, I've never been trained, and I don't have the abilities, and I don't know enough of the Bible, and what if they ask me questions? And Sammy freaked out a few years ago when he led a connection group, and he's like, I don't know. What if they ask me to pray? And I'm like, well, just pray. He's like, well, I don't know how to pray. And I was like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> right? But he stood up here, and I remember. And I, it, it's vivid in my imagination and my memory that I can see Sammy standing here and leading us in prayer for the first time by himself in front of people. And it made an impact on me because it isn't about what you say. It's about your heart in saying it. And I promise you this, that when Sammy prayed that night for the people in his connection group, to be impacted what was about to be said. I know God heard it. Amen. The job of the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers is to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. That's what we read in Ephesians to start this thing. I'm here to tell you today that the gifting and calling of God, the Bible declares, are without repentance. He's not taking it back. What he has called you to do, he is asking you to do, he's imploring you to do, and he's saying step up and step out in faith because the second you do take on a connection group and you do step out in faith, I promise you this, that you'll step out thinking I'm going to fall on my face and Sammy's probably thinking that the first word that's going to slip out is probably going to be something I shouldn't say in church. And that's what the devil tell you to do, don't do anything because I'll be scared, right? Jesus is saying step out in faith, and I promise you this, when you do, he is going to be right there with you. He's going to back you up, and you're going to do mighty exploits for his kingdom. And people are going to be changed because of what you're doing. Volunteering matters to the church. So as we dial this thing in and we land this plane, I appreciate, and I, I know I started that, I appreciate you guys serving your church I appreciate you guys serving during 9-11 dinners and all the things that we do for the community I appreciate you guys being volunteers and being the hands and feet of Jesus to our community and a lot of people have a negative view of the church and the world we live in and it's something that I consider sad. If you don't believe me, the trends are what, 17% or less attend a, a weekend service in a church in America. That means there's 83 out of 100 of your friends that probably don't go to church. And if you ask them about the church, they're probably not going to have a good thing to say about what they experienced in church. That shouldn't be. Because if we make church about me, and we 
they take away from Jesus, it's always going to be a bad experience. Amen? But if we make it about Jesus, they won't get let down. I'll let people down. He won't. Amen? And if we do our service because he's asking us to or he's gifted us to, he's not going to fail down. You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for him. So I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes if you would. Jesus, I thank you so much that your word tells us that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus, I know the faith of the people sitting in this room. There are people here today that loves you dearly. And they've totally sold out their life for you. Jesus, in a crowd this size, I know normally that there may be somebody here that's sitting on the fence and thinking, wow, I'm watching what God can do through others, and I wonder if he can do it through me. I want to be a difference maker like them. Maybe your heart is here and it's beginning to beat right now and the Holy Spirit is quickening you. Jesus, I ask that you send the Holy Spirit to knock on heart's doors. And Lord, I pray that you would give the people here boldness to see ourselves as you see us. Jesus, you're the answer to the world's problems. You're the answer to our church. You're the answer to our community. And I'm asking you to come and knock on heart's doors. so that souls can come into your kingdom. And I know that's your will. That not any would perish. That they would all come to everlasting life. And that heaven would be our home. And heaven would be our aim. And heaven would be our goal. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Is there anybody here that will say, I feel the Holy Spirit drawing me. And I want to make him Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for that, Anne. Be brave. Just lift your hand and say, I want to make Jesus the King of my life, the Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you.
Bible says, how long will you halter between two opinions? How long will you hold out on this decision? And I remember what that was like for me and myself. That I wanted to be saved, but I was afraid of giving up things. I was afraid of giving up the things of this world. Because I thought I was going to lose it all. I was afraid to give my life to Jesus. But the day that I decided and I made my journey down that aisle and I prayed the sinner's prayer, I didn't lose anything. I gained everything. You've got a lot to gain. You don't have anything to lose. I'm begging you because I love you. If you don't know him, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. And he's asking you, come unto me, all of you that are heavy laden, and have been labored, and I'll give you rest for your souls. Is there anybody else here that will raise their hand and say, that's me, I want to come. I want to give my life to Jesus. Today is my day. Anybody else? Now, part two. Nobody looking around. Nobody wondering what your neighbor's doing. Think about yourself. This is between you and Jesus. How many of us say, Pastor, pray for me because I sense God asking me to volunteer more in 2021 than I did in 2020. Amen. Amen. Raise your hands. That's you. Anybody that says, I need to volunteer more. I can do more. It don't have to be a lot. It could be a few more moments. I can do more. Thank you for those hands everywhere. I appreciate you guys so much. I want everybody here to pray with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my faults. Forgive me for my failures. Help me to make heaven my home through accepting your blood for the salvation of my sins. And I pray that you would help me to volunteer the way you did. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.